For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional Cyber Savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Well, hello there. It is Thursday, December 19th, 2019. Got a good one for you today. Turns out Ryan Leaf tried to help Josh Gordon. Yes, that Ryan Leaf tried to help that Josh Gordon. And uh, yeah, you're going to want to hear about it. He tells an incredible story about him in jail. We've heard it once before, but he dives into it a little bit deeper if you're new to the show. Um, I talk about the Pro Bowl and how I got voted into it. And, you know, I think awards are a bunch of bullshit, but pretty good story behind it all. And uh, speaking of stories, maybe you should go listen to a comedian tell us some stories. Or maybe you go watch a game or or maybe you go to a concert or a theater or something along those lines. And if you're going to do that, you need to get your tickets from one place and one place alone. And that's our presenting sponsor, the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. Sam was asleep there. I just woke her up at the beginning of this. Uh, rise and shine, beautiful. It's time to get your ticket from SeatGeek. And right now, if you use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. Holy shit. They're a perfect holiday gift. I know. That's what you're saying, and I agree with you completely. Speaking of what I was saying, hey, here's some good shit to listen to. Last night, the Pro Bowl rosters were debuted. And it's always a massive evening for the NFL. And it's a massive evening for players if they haven't made a Pro Bowl yet. And let me tell you why this is the case. So for me, my hatred for these fake awards goes back all the way to high school. My sophomore year of high school, I led the entire state of Pennsylvania in goals scored in Western Pennsylvania in assists for our soccer team. My teammate got voted Valley News Dispatch, which is a newspaper from where we're from, player of the year while I was just honorable mention on the team, okay? I led the entire state in goals scored and the Western Pennsylvania in assists, and a teammate of mine who's a friend of mine got named player of the year. So it was at that moment I was I, I knew that everything was just a big joke, okay? I knew that these awards are just a big joke because what more could I have possibly done? I honestly don't know. But I was happy for him in the moment. Couldn't be selfish. Obviously, I'd be happy for it. Didn't tell him how mad I was about this until about three months later. Let him enjoy his little fake ceremony that didn't matter and that whole thing. But for me, that's when it all started. So then when you go into, whenever I went into college, uh, I was All-American, rookie All-American, and then I got All-American my senior year, but I was a, a Ray Guy finalist, and I came in second place for the Ray Guy Award to a kid that had half the punts I had, much lower average than I had, just absolutely everything was terrible, but Ray Guy picked him strictly because Ray Guy was friends with the guy's coach. So you, you compound these things that have happened to me whenever these awards are up and these titles are up and I haven't won, you can see how I could personally become jaded. Then whenever I get to the NFL, there's this massive bonus put into my contract to make a Pro Bowl. It's a quarter of a million of dollars. A lot of money, by the way. $250,000 if I get voted in the Pro Bowl. And I have this hatred for these things, but now I have direct financial gain if I do get voted in. So there was a couple years where I did okay and I didn't get in there, but like my fourth year, I think, or my fifth year, I had a great year. 
And I kept telling myself, like, hey, this could be the year where I make the Pro Bowl. This could be the year where that $250,000 thing happens. And I start, like, hyping myself up to fall in love with this completely fake, completely fake, not relevant award or title because really the only thing that matters in team sports is if your team likes you if your coaches like you if the players respect you in the locker room if if the equipment managers and the athletic trainers and the people that you work with and surround yourself with appreciate and respect what you do and you make your team better and win games honestly if you're a true team player that's the only thing that matters and for me that was the only thing that mattered but whenever you put a quarter of a million dollars on something all of a sudden you start worrying about a little bit more and whenever that was put into the contract I thought back to my sophomore year of high school I thought back to college when I got screwed out of these awards I'm like well this is just how it's going to be for the rest of my life so let's assume that that is never going to happen I have a good year my name starts getting thrown out there a little bit and all of a sudden it's like wait am I going to make the Pro Bowl I started hyping myself up I started hyping myself up and then like a week before it was supposed to happen I start talking myself down like oh you're not going to make it remember you get screwed out of this don't get your hopes up and then the day before it's to be announced I the night before I go to bed, I'm like, you know, it'd be really cool if you get voted for the Pro Bowl, Pat. Not only is it vindication and all that stuff, but the $250,000 would be great. I mean, that's just good news. And it's nice to be recognized by your peers, coaches, and fans as the best in the game. So I go to bed, I go in to work the next day, and I ask our PR guy, I'm like, yo, did I make it? He's like, oh, we don't know yet. I'm like, you're lying to me. I, <laughs> I know I know that you know. And he's like, I really won't know until this afternoon. So we go to practice, we come out uh, after practice. I'm like, did I make it? He's like, they haven't told me yet. I'm like, what the hell with them? I'm going home. So the rest of the team had meetings to watch practice after practice uh, to like kind of recap the film so we could go in later the next day. Something was going on. And I did not have to do that. So I went home. I was driving home. And I'm like, damn, another year. I got my home hopes up there's no reason for me to be even excited about this because I thought the team would tell me I'm like three quarters of the way home and I get a call from the PR guy and he's like uh where you at I'm like I'm close to home right now you know he's like I need you to come back and I was like why is that he's like you know why and I'm like I don't know why he was like well coach would like to announce the rest of the team the pro bowlers and I never had this moment where I had talked myself off of the ledge of being a seven. I was like I made the pro bowl <laughs> he was like yeah you made the pro bowl I'm like let's go so I hang up on him I do a u-turn in the middle of a highway I head back to the facility and I put on like uh I'm so paid yeah. right I'm Obviously. so paid by Akon and uh on the thing yeah. and I'm driving back and I'm having this entire moment I get back into the facility both me and Vinatieri made it uh Chuck wanted to introduce us to the team. So after the practice, after they had their meetings, after practice, everybody went in the team meeting room. Chuck introduced us. I think T.Y. made it. Luck made it. He wanted to introduce all of us. And it was that moment with um, the rest of my teammates where they were, like, happy, like, clapping for us, you know, that it was a real vindicating moment. It was like, you know what? What I'm doing, people are recognizing. My peers are recognizing that I've kind of changed the game a little bit my peers have recognized all the hard work that I put in so you immediately have this moment of gratification where you're like so thankful and grateful for the entire thing along with the $250,000 financial bonus but that moment where your teammates are like happy for you is really the best moment of the whole thing because then as soon as I got in the car to drive home I was like 
Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> who cares? And I think that's the biggest difference between being a first-time Pro Bowler and then the next time I got voted in the Pro Bowl where I chose not to play in it. It's like that first time, it feels so good to have that vindication of like people recognize what I'm doing because there's so much BS in the world. And a lot of war- awards are comp- – we could go buy an Emmy right now if we wanted. A local regional Emmy. We could go buy one right now. It's like 250 bucks. You read people on their Twitter buyer, they're like, Emmy Award winning. It's like, no, no, any Emmy Award buying is what you should call yourself it's like every award is normally crap but whenever you get that first pro bowl nod it's so like exhilarating where you're like you know what finally and then afterwards you realize like ah a lot of bad players make it in the pro bowl (laughs) strictly because of their name a lot of this happens a lot of that happens and i think that's the biggest difference between like young guys like i know darius leonard last year he was uh rookie of the year for some people he was all pro for some people which we'll talk about in a minute but he didn't make the pro bowl and he was like actually heard about it and I wanted to tell him as somebody like a little bit older, like, hey, this doesn't matter. But then I thought back to myself. I was like, you know what? Whenever I was going in through my potential first one, I would have been very upset if I didn't make it. I can respect it. But I think that's the difference between the first batch of pro bowlers versus repeat pro bowlers, where it's like, I appreciate and respect the honor. It's very nice to be recognized by people. But I very much understand that this is a subjective thing, not an objective thing. And that's why you can get people's opinions and politics involved. And it doesn't really matter. Now, speaking of not really mattering, but people hyping it up, all pro does not mean a damn thing <laughs> people say all pro is worth more and when they talk about hall of fames they're like well he was an all pro five times all pro means that the media people think that you're the best so if you don't have a good relationship with the media people you're never going to get voted in. and in my position the media people have no idea what's happening in punting and kicking so they have no clue what's going on. now granted i was all pro at one point but there was years where i should have been and i should have been in the pro bowl it didn't happen but it was just like these people have no idea what they're talking about now For some positions, I would assume that the media knows what's good and what isn't good. So like for quarterbacks, let's assume that the media gets it right and that type of stuff. But don't don't undersell their relationship with different players, too, on who gets voted in all pro. So I never really gave a damn about all pro. I cared about the players vote for Pro Bowl more than anything else, more than the fan vote, more than the coaches vote. I cared about the players vote. But for me. I love the fodder. I love the conversation. It's a great honor for people, but it's obviously made out to be a much bigger deal than it actually is. And I think we all understand that about all awards. If you have an actual brain, you can see how people get vindicated. You can see how people get heartbroken, but it's all a bunch of malarkey in my eyes. Do you think players and coaches take it seriously when they're voting for the Pro Bowl? Oh, yeah, we do. But also now there's politics in that, too. So you're not allowed to vote for your own team. So you, you're asked to vote like who your three at each position are, two, whatever it is. Who's your uh, first team Pro Bowl or second team Pro Bowl? I think alternate, too. I, I don't know if it's three or two for each position. You're not allowed to vote for anybody on your team. But if you have a guy who you know deserves it at a position who's probably not going to get enough votes, you're like, okay, who's probably going to beat him out? Let's leave him out of the list. So there is, I mean, there is politicking and everything. And that's why you can't really take it serious because if it was just if it wasn't subjective if it was just complete facts like hey you are the best which is impossible to do because situations are situational (laughs) that is a real thing so it's hard to take serious and that's i think if it wasn't for my jaded past with these types of awards and titles and things like that i would probably have a very different view but i've gone on to be very very successful in a lot of things and i have not won a lot of awards i probably think i should have won and that's why i don't give a real damn about them but that first time i got voted in the pro bowl i remember having this incredible feeling of like excitement like Mm -hmm. okay they like me they really really like me and then as soon as that passes you're like 
Yeah, there's some other guys are pretty good too. They, <laughs> they probably could have got in if they deserved it. I, I think the process of voting in the Pro Bowl is an interesting one, where the fans vote. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, remember if you're on a popular team, that's probably going to help you a lot. If you have a uh, nowadays with the way Twitter operates, if you have a good team that is good in social, that probably helps you out a lot. If you have a good Twitter, it helps you out a lot. Uh, and if you're in like a wasteland, for instance, a team that never gets talked about, if you're like the Sacramento Kings of the NFL, it's probably going to be very difficult for you to get into the Pro Bowl strictly because one third of the vote revolves around mm-hmm. having fans. And if you're a team that doesn't have fans, like the Detroit Lions don't have a lot of fans, <laughs> they have fans. But it's not a massive amount of fans because people like winners, and that's a team that hasn't done that a lot. True. Uh, and by the way, anybody that says, like, oh, you're a fair-weather fan, everybody's a fair-weather fan. Look at stadiums whenever teams are doing well, and look at stadiums whenever teams aren't doing well. There's only a couple teams that can really carry their weight, and that's because it's been around for generations mm-hmm. and generations. Mm-hmm. But whenever you're in a big market on a good team or you're on primetime television a lot, obviously it's going to be skewed for the fans a little bit more. But I think it's a third fans, a third players, and a third coaches, I think they should add refs into that. Now, I think refs should also get a vote because they're on the field. Yeah. Like, like for me, every time I punted in, in the years that I was doing well towards the back half of my year, uh, back half of my career, like me and the refs would have a great interaction. Like if I, if I hit the hell out of one, they'd be like, Pat, bomb. Like it would be like a good give and take while we're jogging down the field together. And if I hit one not so good, they'd be like, Patty, we look forward to this. And you, just <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's like a real thing. I think refs are on the field should have a little bit more of a, a, a say. Now, granted, they'll get it wrong. I mean, the Alberta Riveron gang will get it wrong this year. But I think there is is something to be said about making the Pro Bowl. And I, I, if you're a guy who got snubbed and you haven't made it before, know that, yes, I can understand you're upset. Like Aaron Jones, for instance of the Green Bay Packers. I'm sure he hasn't made a Pro Bowl yet. This year, he's been incredible. I mean, if you talk to Packers fans, you're talking about a guy who should be in MVP conversations for how well he, he's not in it. Eckler, Austin Eckler for the Los Angeles Chargers, he's one of their biggest upsides. He's not in it, right? Dak Prescott was a snub, everybody says. He's uh, playing for a 7-7 seven and seven team. He has 11 interceptions. That's going to be difficult. But he has been also the most prolific offensive player in the NFL. He didn't make it. And, and Dak's been to the Pro Bowl before, I'm assuming. Uh, has Dak been a pro bowler? I think I've seen him play in dodgeball. Quarterback for the Cowboys. Let's assume he's been in there before. So he's probably not taking it as bad as the people who have never made it, who have never had that feeling of being appreciated by their peers. And I think that's what it's all about. He's a two-time pro bowler? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a co- quarterback for the Cowboys is going to make it in there. Well, the good news for Dak is they'll probably lose their first playoff game and he'll get to go as yeah, an alternate anyway. So. That's yeah. probably how I got him before, I assume. Oh, come oh, on, geez, Take it easy. I mean, Kirk Cousins is the biggest snub out of all of them. <laughs> I, I I think Kirk Cousins, primetime Kirk, was born this year. Let's assume he's he should have been in there, but that NFC batch is a tough group to crack. I mean, you're talking in quarterbacks. That is a tough batch to crack right there. Drew Brees just broke every single record. He was out for four games and still gets in, which I'd assume would piss some people off. Aaron Rodgers. He currently has 24 touchdowns, two interceptions, and is leading 11 and three or 10 and three. What are they? 11 and three at this point? Yeah, I think they're 11 and three team. Yeah, you could talk about how he hasn't been as good as he has been in the past. But he's a quarterback for an 11 and three team. He has threw two interceptions in 24 touchdowns. I mean, that's a hell of a stat line. Do other people potentially make it in above him? Maybe, maybe Kirk Cousins, who's done well, but they've lost to the Packers already. They play on Monday Night Football. Kirk Cousins has had a hell of a year, but they start out a little slow. And Russell Wilson's an MVP candidate. I mean, the NFC three is a tough one to crack. Very tough one to crack. Although Dak and Kirk, I would assume in any other year would deserve it and in the AFC 
Lamar Jackson is an absolute unicorn anomaly game changer for football. I'm happy that he got the most votes. This guy's changing football. Patty Mahomes is the face of the NFL, was the face of the NFL before Lamar Jackson became the face of the NFL. Uh, Pat Mahomes gets hurt. They lose a couple games. Lamar Jackson just continues to shine. He becomes, and Deshaun Watson, the Michael Jordan of the NFL, Dabo when he said this year has had a hell of a year. Also to be noted, four of the six quarterbacks that are voted into the Pro Bowl this year are African-American quarterbacks. That is massive. Mm-hmm. That is a big storyline. They were talking about it on ESPN this morning. They were talking about it on every other show this morning. That is big news, not only for the position, but for our society, by the way. Good for our society, good for the game of football, and good for the position of quarterback to be a much more diverse position because for a long time, the position was dominated by the richest kids, the kids who had all the best coaching for all the years, the kids who come from the best schools, the smartest people, they say. All these things were criteria that basically had to be in place for you to become a quarterback. Now it's like, hey, who's the best players? Who can make plays? Who are the guys who are the studs and stars of their team? Let's get them in there, and I'm happy the NFL is becoming a much more uh, diverse uh, operation, especially at the face of the team, which is the quarterback position. Those uh, AFC quarterbacks, if you're another AFC franchise, that's tough to look at because those all three of those quarterbacks are very young and very good. Tom Brady's first time not making a Pro Bowl since 2008. Huh. By the way, there's a guy that never goes to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Normally because he's in the Super Bowl. But if he's not in the Super Bowl, it's probably the same thing as me. Like, Very cool to be recognized. <laughs> yeah, me and Tom, same. Very cool to be recognized, but at, at some point it's just like... I mean, who gives a damn what these people say? It's, especially because it feels like as a young player, it's so hard to crack into the Pro Bowl. Like this year, I saw I saw Keekley's in it again, and the Carolina Panthers defense has been terrible, and he is the main point of, of name, that defense. A lot of name recognition. Yeah. Like, for instance, uh, Pouncey's in uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been in there, I think. Since my first Pro Bowl, Pouncey's been eight times, yeah, yeah, and he's just the name. The mm-hmm, name correct. helps. In an offensive line, normally it's a name game for offensive line because it doesn't get a lot of pub. But I don't think anybody gives a damn, except for the people that haven't made a Pro Bowl yet, because you want to be able to say for the rest of your life you're a Pro Bowler. Like for instance, I will forever be an All Pro, Pat McAfee, right? Mm-hmm. Because the media, the association, the whatever they are, voted me as an All Pro one time. You could say that to me. Now, granted, we lost the Super Bowl to Drew Brees, who's also an All Pro. <laughs> Would have been nice to be Super Bowl champion, All Pro, mm-hmm. Pat McAfee. Even though I don't deserve either of those titles, I think you could give them to anybody at any given time. Um, that's something you can never take away from you, and that's why the young people care about it a lot more than the older players who just want to win i'd assume oh yeah I, richard sherman got a million dollars for getting in today yeah so that's pretty nice massive yeah if it wasn't for the financial benefit i like for me the two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus was like let's go <laughs> well, you're not uh, to go to hawaii anymore either yeah well when i went it wasn't in hawaii either it was in arizona we had to practice oh, three hours into the desert come on yeah and they didn't shut down the whole hotel they had just a bunch of randoms floating around the hotel the bad sand not the good sand i mean it whoa what don't say that about arizona bro ah you know Beach sand's way better. Has water. I agree. That's a desert where there is no water. But <laughs> if you crack a cactus open, yep, you can drink from that. Yes, we didn't do any diarrhea cact- water. We didn't though. do any cactus cracking. The only thing I did was hammer strawberry marks because it was the week after mm. we lost to the Patriots by <laughs> four hundred, and Deflate Gate was potentially happening. But I think the Pro Bowl, although when it was back in Hawaii and you were a kid, 
I used to be like, man, I hope I make the Pro uh-huh. Bowl one day. All these <laughs> skills challenges, the luau's, the beautiful weather. And then I make it, and it's like in Arizona. We got a bunch of randoms in a hotel. There's, they wanted me to go build a sidewalk in the middle of the desert. I'm like, oh, what are we doing here? <laughs> I, I thought this was good. I didn't think this was a bad thing. Did they get the uh, for the brand correct? Brett Kern is the most underrated punter in the history of the NFL. I'm happy he gets a Pro Bowl nod from Tennessee. He's been very good for a long time. Justin Tucker, obviously. Justin Tucker's yep. Justin Tucker. He focuses on focusing. Will Lutz, guest of the show, friend of the show, as is Justin Tucker. Brett Kern's never been on the show, huh? No. Hmm. He and I are like friends, too. We should change that. We should. I, I don't know how much media he does. I think he's kind of a quiet guy, but he's a hell of a punter. And Tress Way, Tress Way has a massive leg, massive lefty there from Oklahoma. I guess he's a really good athlete. Uh, I didn't, by the way, haven't seen a lot of Redskins games, so I assume he's done well. They I mean, punt a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of teams punting a lot, but he has a big old leg. I'm happy he makes it in. And Rick Lovato and Morgan Cox, good representatives for the first time long snappers, have been actually voted in as opposed to just chosen in. Good for them. Oh, they can go down for the rest of their lives as the first long snappers that were actually voted in to the Pro Bowl as opposed to just selected in by the coaches that are coaching the two teams. Good for them. Slater, stud. How about the Chiefs? Like, I mean, if Nicole Hardman wasn't the returner, uh, just throw Tyree Kill back there. Yeah, I'm very happy like for the brand punters that they no longer have Tyree Kill back there, <laughs> but they just found another one. You know what I mean? They found another guy in Hardman who's faster than everybody somehow. He's elusive and he has no fear, <laughs> which is what a returner has to have. And Deontay Harris for the Saints, I don't think I've seen enough of him. He's the, small and he's very quick. That's you, The biggest thing for returners is – the ability to be quick. Mm-hmm. If you're a kickoff returner, you got to be fast. If you're a punt returner, you got to be quick. If you have both of those, you're normally a very good returner for uh, years and years and years. But the the high football IQ, okay, to know when to take a risk and catch something, when not to for field position, and then also no fear. Like you have to have no fear because all I'm trying to do is hang it up there high enough that you get, like Pez. This, there was a couple of returners <laughs> that as soon as their head would go like this, we knew they would wait fair catch because they couldn't see who was coming. Right. So all you're trying to do is hit the ball high, so there's no return and it's over. A lot. Some of these dudes. Some of these dudes have no fear at all. They could have. Nine humans that are running four sixes, four fours, four sevens right in their face. And they're like, nope, I'm going to make something out of nothing. Those, Whenever you have somebody like that, you got to hang on to them. And a lot of teams don't. They let them just kind of go and whatever. They figure it out. Mm-hmm. But for me, Pro Bowl, All Pro, very good honor for all these people. But I think as they get older, they'll realize that it's all just a bunch of malarkey. <laughs> and that's what it is. That's all it is. I was looking it up. Pac-Man Jones, 96 returns without a fair catch yeah that was his thing i told him i was going to get him on one too whenever we played him i was like i'm gonna get you to fair catch one he said not me p mac <laughs> but they wouldn't put him in for pooch areas so that yeah so you know what i mean yeah. they wouldn't oh. put him in for pooch areas which makes sense probably because like you don't they need, knew they wouldn't. knew yeah they knew he wouldn't so there's like a <laughs> chance for something but he was a pac-man jones is it he was all pro returner of the year i, I went in he's unbelievable i love that man. zero fear Zero fear at any time anybody can get it. You're at an airport in Atlanta. He's eating Popeyes. You want to say something, you can get it. I mean, he had zero fear. Him, Devin Hester. Uh, Julian Edelman was a great returner for a long time. They don't have him return anymore. They have Mohamed Sanu, who is not a good returner back there. Was Dante Hall still in the league when you were there? Uh, no, but I got a chance to meet Dante Hall, I think, at the draft. He was a good yep. guy. Cool guy. Didn't get a chance to get to him. Cordero Patterson used to be a stud because uh, he never really did anything. He, he never. He's still, he's still a stud kick returner. He made it this year. Yeah, he made it. He made it as a special teamer, I think, right? Because he's been Maybe. covering on Gunner. Yeah. 
<clears throat> he made it as a special teamer, I think, which is awesome, by the way. Cordero was transferred into that. He got screwed last week against the Packers where he blew up a returner, and they called. Oh, don't even get me started. The Bears could have won that game early. They're done. They went down. They did go down. We interrupt this incredible conversation <laughs> to let you know that Zoom didn't invent video conferencing. They just made it better. Now, Zoom is how business gets done. Zoom ties together all of your communication needs into one easy app for video conferencing, phone calls, group chat, webinars, and your conference room. Turn any workspace into a modern, easy-to-use Zoom room, an enterprise-grade video conference room designed for instant collaboration with flawless video and audio, instant wireless content sharing, and a single tap of a button to start a meeting. And Zoom Phone works seamlessly from any device as your business phone system to make and receive phone calls, capture call recordings, and easily elevate from phone call to video if the need arises. Zoom is used by millions. And millions. <clears throat> That's right. To connect around the world, why wait any longer? Visit Zoom online and set up your free account today and meet happy with Zoom. A man who has been there, done that with just about everything. He was a Washington State Cougar, an NFL prospect, hit rock bottom, has come all the way back, will be commentating and calling the Cheez-It Bowl, the biggest, best bowl of all time ever on December 27th, ESPN employee and legend, honestly, Ryan Leaf. <laughs> Ryan, how's it going, pal? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? Good. Hey, let's get to it because we don't have that much time, and I want your beautiful brain to be displayed here. Josh Gordon has been suspended indefinitely. A couple weeks ago, I stated about how if this is all just because of weed, I think in a couple years this is going to look very stupid whenever it's nationally legalized. You said, hey, I would like to talk a little bit more about that. What are your thoughts on Josh Gordon and this whole incredibly sad situation with one of the best talents ever enter the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 been, something, it's been something that's been going on for, for a while now. And, um, I've reached out to him for oh, over the last two years and he's, he's been willing to, to talk, but just not really willing to listen. And you can't do anything about that if someone's not willing to help themselves. Right. And so in this process, when, when that happened in the trade or the, the release into Seattle went, I knew that there was something more and it's more to it than, than marijuana and marijuana for him. It's not used for the relief of pain. It's a mood altering substance for him. He's not comfortable with who he is in those moments. Therefore, he uses it to alter his mood. It's a different scenario when people use, let's say, CBD oil and things like that to help with pain than when you're trying to remove the emotional pain of a mood-altering substance. And this time, of course, he added a, a performance-enhancing drug to the scenario, which also helped with the suspension. you think that was Adderall, or will we never know? What do you think that was potentially? Yeah, I, I we probably won't ever know. Oh, we may. I mean, this stuff gets leaked out all the time, so we may figure that out, or he may, you know, find some transparency and vulnerability and, and come to us and tell everybody what went down. And that's always a a hope. You know, I want the best for him. I don't want anybody to ever have to go through the same type of thing I, I did and and not be able to live their dream of playing professional football because he's so talented, like you said. That's the biggest problem here, and. uh I want him to find that peace and that serenity that comes with acceptance and surrender. And I just don't know if he's, he's gotten to that place. We heard Pete Carroll talk about how 
he understands what the resources are there for him. He just he just he won't utilize them. And if he does, he's not transparent and vulnerable and, and, and surrender and accept all that help. And that's 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 shameful and, 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 and sad because, you know, he's a human being. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people might not know your story, but you ended up in jail due to pills, I believe, right? Pill, a pill addiction. Yeah. So the only drug I've ever taken uh, is Vicodin and it was prescribed to me after surgeries in, in college. And then of course, when my career ended, I had all this emotional baggage that I didn't go get the proper help with. And so I self-medicated with a, um, an opiate painkiller and it did exactly its job, right? It killed the pain I was in you know, for a long, long time until, of course, uh, you can't manage that. You can't manage life like that. And it just continued to spiral and spiral and spiral out of control. And I was just like a, a, a junkie on the corner with a needle in his arm. Same difference. It just happened to be a little white pill prescribed by a doctor, but I'm still that junkie. And I had to feed that that habit. And it ultimately took me to a prison cell. And And, and God, you know, am I grateful for that happening to me? Yeah, because you had to hit rock bottom to find the person you are today, which is somebody who's accepted yourself into surrender. You said that Josh Gordon has yet to be able to find. Do you think there is a positive out of this potential Josh Gordon suspension indefinitely if he's able to find a, a, a good way out of this whole thing? Of course. I, I think when you're that talented and you have this much and you're that young, if you find that answer and find that solution, yes, of course there is. I mean, look at I'm a perfect example of this. Chris Heron is a perfect example of this. It, it, we're not playing the sports that we played in, but we're thriving in a lifestyle where I get to contribute on one of the biggest platforms in sports there is on ESPN and, and around the country. So I, I'm thriving in a new occupation. It Just for Josh Gordon, he's still able to do the thing he really loves to do and maybe won't look back on it as a regret because he's so young and still so talented. A lot of people say that marijuana is not an addiction drug. It's a drug that can be stopped uh, whenever you want because it doesn't have, I guess, the um, I don't, the body doesn't, uh, I forget, I don't know how to describe this. They say it's not an addictive drug, right? They say it's something you, what, do you agree with that or not? I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it because I work with people who are, are going through psychosis because of constant marijuana mm. use. Okay. So for me, I see it as something different, but I don't. I don't believe I, I'm a proponent for decriminalization of all drugs. I, I, I think that you tax it, you educate, you set up reform. Uh, if given the opportunity to, to stand in front of Congress and, and lobby, I'm going to be for that. Portugal has a really good blueprint on how they dealt with the decriminalization uh, of the of drugs there in that country and how the crime rate has just absolutely dropped. Um, uh, overdoses have, have dissipated completely almost and people are more open about it and see it as a disease and care for it that way and so i don't know if that will ever happen here but i'm always going to be that person so i i don't ever if, if the nfl chooses to continue to make it a suspendable offense that's their prerogative they it's a private company okay and i also think if you're willing to have to use a drug to do your job then you might want to have you might want to look at at finding another job it just you don't if you're not capable of being yourself now if it's a pain issue that's a different thing but also if you're in so much pain that you have to take some mood altering drug to to play i mean that's a problem too yeah so i mean this is a bigger issue than just the idea that marijuana may or may not be addictive i abstain from everything just because i know what my mind does 
You know, other people are able to do these things. People are able to drink, use marijuana, do those things like that, use drugs re recreationally and not have a problem. I'm just allergic, right? I, I break out in, in handcuffs when I when I do that stuff. <laughs> hey, that's a good joke. Hey, that's a very – I want to let you know that's a very good joke. Um, I, I, I think the people would say, well, I'm getting a massive paycheck. That's why I choose to continue to use that. I think pills are a bigger problem in sports than anything else. Oh, of course. I, I'll be excited to see how they fix that. Now, let's pivot to what you talked about, how you brought your life back on track and how you work on ESPN now and get a chance to color compensate. You're very good at that. You, you're calling the cheese it Bowl. What are you looking for? to with the cheese it Bowl, which is the biggest, best bowl of all time ever. Yeah, I, I was pretty excited when I got that assignment. Uh, and then to find out that my alma mater, Washington State, is in the game, that's that's pretty cool. Um, but Air Force is a good football team. You know, they went 10-2 and two this year. They do something really different. These teams are, are almost mirror images in the complete opposite, right? Mm. One runs the football all the day. The other team throws the football all day. And you have to prepare as a defense significantly and be very structured, very uh, gap integrity, uh, all of those things to prevent. I think this could be a really big shootout. A lot of points scored, fun. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be punting there? Is that what you're going to Yeah, be I'm going to be sitting in a two-story cheese it box field side with some people that won a contest, and then I believe I'm trying to punt a ball into a bowl of cheese to raise a bunch of money for the military. I love that. If I can do anything to help you with that, I'm, <laughs> I'm all over it. I might have you uh, throw one. We should have you throw one into the – I have something to think about. Yeah. Can you still sling it? Oh, God, yeah. Come on, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to fire that thing in there. Fire that big Uh We got a chance to talk to you in a podcast that was – it was an incredibly eye-opening conversation. For a lot of people that are listening, they might not have heard that. Can you tell the story about how in jail you found the way to fulfillment was you were helping teach other people how to read and things like this, and that's really how your life almost got turned back around? Yeah, I was just a super selfish, uh, dishonest, uh, you know, you know, self-interest guy. And even when I was in prison, that didn't improve because uh, I wasn't uh, about anybody but myself. And my roommate, I don't know if you remember me talking about this. My roommate was a Afghan-Iraqi war veteran, and he had uh, uh, been in there for eight years for a crime that uh, I think a lot of us may have done in our life, and that's drive drunk at some point. But he just happened to kill somebody uh, that night when he was on leave from tour. And I watched him try to better himself every single day. And I just, I couldn't understand it because I just looked at myself as uh, so, so, so much self-pity. Like, I'm the victim, you know, all of this. And he just, he made amends for what he did. He tried to better himself. And then one day he finally felt confident enough, I guess, to, to confront me and says, I had my, he told me I had my head buried in the sand. I didn't understand the value uh, not only for the men in there, for but, but when I got out. And he suggested we go down to the prison library and help prisoners who didn't know how to read learn how to read. And I went. I mean, I went begrudgingly, but uh, and I did it. And I saw these men who were being really vulnerable in a place where you're supposed to show no vulnerability. And I heard them say something to me. Hey, I, I, I'm really struggling this with this. Can you help me? And I think growing up in Montana in the cowboy culture and then being in an NFL college locker room my whole life, where this machismo is there, where you're not ever supposed to be vulnerable and ask for help. I think it was probably the first time I ever heard a man actually ask that question. And it really made me think. And what I found out after I went back and went back and went back and was continuing to do this is that I was actually being of service uh, to another human being for the first time. And it just, it changed my way of thinking. I didn't know it was the, the answer there in the moment, right? You never know that the epiphany happens when you're in it. You're like looking at the forest through the trees, but from 30,000 feet now, and you asking the question and me doing this a lot, 
I can look at it and go, okay, that was the moment where I was like, this has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with the individual who needs some help. The media is not watching. This isn't about my brand. This nothing. No one cared. No one knew. This was just two individuals who were in a very difficult position, dealing with adversity, helping each other try to be better. And I think that's the best way to look at things. And it's how I, I really live my life now. And it's given me everything these last five years. Yeah. That's an awesome story. I, I mean, when we heard it, we thought it was incredible. Hearing it again, hey, we're all very proud of you. You think you could teach Zito how to read? We got a guy in here who's <laughs> yeah. illiterate. I mean, it's tough. you know, it's a lot harder than you think. You you take it for granted on how you're taught growing up, and then when you start to teach it, you don't worry, you'll you'll get better, young man. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Thank you Mr. Leaf. <laughs> ah, that's funny. It, it, it was harder than I thought. I had to kind of relearn how to, you know, because they know what the word what the word means they just don't know how to sound it out and you yeah. have to kind of go through phonetics it was it was an interesting and it taught me a lot of patience yeah. and i think that was helpful for me too all right we only got like two minutes left but i want to ask you about the changing of football which is happening right in front of our eyes with lamar jackson a lot more at kyler murray's having success in his first year patrick mahomes you name it baker mayfield if he can ever figure it out he's a mobile quarterback football seems to be changing right in front of our eyes how do you feel about it from a quarterback position I love it. I mean, I, I don't get a chance to watch a lot of NFL football. I, I'm really impressed with what you do, popping on Get Up on Monday morning, talking about everything, because I'm usually flying back on Sundays. And then when I land, I'm like, I throw in the red zone, but I'm playing with my kid all day, and I don't know really what's going on. I know Lamar Jackson's playing well, <laughs> and all the things you the things you said. Um, I think it's great. I mean, it allows for, the, I think, the college football player, especially the quarterback, to go to the next level and have success right away. It wasn't the case when when a lot of us were coming out in the 90s because the pro-style offense was set in place and didn't cater to the guy coming in. Instead, now, the quarterback comes in and the coach uh, is willing to form what he does best, you know, to the to the offense or yeah. the defense. And Smart. that's why I think John Harbaugh really was like, you know, this guy is special. You know, he's a special talent. I'm not going to impose my will on him. I'm going to allow what he does so well to be – our standard and that's why they're they're the best team in the afc right now maybe the best team in the nfl i agree hey ryan you're the best i can't wait to see you on december 27th i appreciate your time ladies and gentlemen ryan leaf thank you man you bet guys thank you for having me hey he's a good dude mm -hmm. story of perseverance there by the way can't wait to see him on the 27th we interrupt this conversation um yet again to let you know <laughs> Well, that's for business purposes, but also to let you know that although most guys have tried different ways to last longer in a sack, you know, thinking about baseball doesn't always work. The folks at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. Is that right, babe? Ow, ow! <laughs> that sounded legit there. Saying the Pledge of Allegiance in your head doesn't work. Counting backwards from 10 might work, but it's only 10 seconds. How do you last longer? Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in the sack. They're effective, easy to use, fast acting, and doctor recommended, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner so you can last longer without worrying. They're super easy to use. Just take the swipes out of the packet, apply, let it dry. You're good to go. Showtime. That's it. 
Keep Roman swipes in your back pocket for longer, better sex and get yours fast with free two-day shipping, okay? Two-day shipping by going to getroman.com forward slash USA. That's getroman.com forward slash USA. Free two-day shipping, okay? Here we go. The holidays are coming around, you know? Maybe you're going to have a special time with a special person. Let's go ahead and go for a long time. Let's put on a show. Let's no longer be scared that it's not going to be something that's going to last long. Let's know that we have a secret weapon in our back pocket named Roman Swipes. Apply, let it dry, and go showtime. GetRoman.com forward slash USA. Get ready, lady. (laughs) It's going to be a long one. Foxy and I are getting haircuts. It's a big day today. Yes, sir. Hey. Big day today. I, mean, I just feel so fat when I don't have a haircut. <laughs> interesting. Uh, what's that? You sent an uh, interesting tweet last night. What's that? Something about a diet starting today. Yeah, and then oh. I had a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich. Oh, oh, so yes. I was going to be in it with you, too, and then you came in and said you weren't doing the diet, so I pushed mine back, too. Well, everybody came after me on the internet, too. Can't start in the middle of the week. Well, not only that, I guess January 1st is right around the yeah, bed. Yeah, it is. Oh, that's a fake one, though. Everyone's- what do you mean? Everyone says they're going to do it, and three days in, they give out. Well, actually, 80%. I did the stats yeah. for a New Year's Eve show. Um, oh, It's either 80, 82% of New Year's resolutions end 12 days into the new year. So every year, January 1st, new year, new me, new year, new me. This year, this year it's all about self-care and self-wealth. And not caring about other people. And stats say that a large majority by January 13th, they're going to be back to being fat and caring exactly what everybody else says about them. Amen. And that's just the way things work. And uh, I fall right into that, right into that stat. We're screwed this year. Uh, New Year's Day, January 1st is on a Wednesday. Oh, right? yeah. We can't, Push we can't next start. year. My lady last night said Smart. she started on January 2nd. She said uh, she'll start her diet on January 2nd for the wedding because we have a wedding coming up. Mm-hmm. So she said she's starting her fitness life January 2nd because January 1st, she wants to be lazy, yeah. she said. I'd yeah. like to be lazy yeah. on January 1st. Watch college Makes football. Sense. Yeah, exactly. That's what Sam <laughs> All bowl doing. games. Yeah, Sam, <laughs> Sammy Lynn, 24, wants to watch college football on January 1st. Sarkrat and Kibasa. By the way, oh. Sam has like 30,000 followers now yeah. on Instagram. Hey. She feels like she's a real influencer. She is. I think she that's is. the demarcation. 30,000? Yeah, you're an influencer now. Congrats, Sam. Congrats. Congrats, Sam. Congrats, Sammy. (laughs) That's how I know if people know her or not. If people come up to me and they're like, tell Sammy, I said hello. I'm like, oh, you know her from the internet. (laughs) And if people come up and say, hey, tell Sam, we said, what's up? It's like, oh, you actually know Sam. Okay. (laughs) The fact that her Instagram thing is Sammy Lynn. I don't think anybody on earth calls her that. No. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I've heard a single human that that knows her call her Sammy Lynn. When you say Sammy, I think Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, Sam. Is that really what you think? <laughs> that was the first thing I thought about when you said that. Well, hey, then that's an accurate statement, what you just said. It's a beautiful mind. I right. thought the diet was going to be spurned from you and Zito eating a whole cake. Oh, shut up. Hey, hey, Nick hey, came hey. after me yesterday for no reason. No We've reason. been in a really bad spot, though. <laughs> Sunday night, we were in that suite. We got chicken fingers. We got pizza. Oh, and then we dude, were on the plane. Wings. We got more wings. We got more chicken fingers. <laughs> and and another cake. <laughs> and oh, okay. Yesterday, FanDuel delivers lunch to the office, a pizza, and things. wings. A and then CBDMD things. sent a cake from New York. <laughs> the best cake in New York was Jay sent brought in cookies. Oh, Jay. What are we supposed to do? It's not our fault. I feel bad, though. I didn't know you were being fat shamed online 
I was. I've been being fat shamed. <laughs> Ohio State fans have been coming after me because it's Urban Meyer personal beef I have with him. Now I got all these buffoons from Ohio. Now, it's not the entire Ohio State fan base. I would like that to be known. We sold out a theater in Columbus in like mm. a minute and a half or something like that. So I understand we got a lot of love in Columbus. But the old whites, Buckeye fans, have been coming after me for me and Urban Meyer's beef. I, I, I am a, a guy who hates people forever. I'm thinking about making it right with Urban Meyer strictly so these old whites will stop coming after me. <laughs> Bolo tie wearing idiot. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> oh, you don't have enough money to afford sleeves? And I was like, got him. <laughs> like, I could have, yesterday could have been killing season on Twitter with these old whites coming after me. And the amount of restraint I showed was so, I, I think I'm ready for kids. Like, I, I think I'm ready. I never knew I had this type hey. of, hey. Hey, 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 hey. I had no idea I had this type of restraint. Because I'm reading these things and then I click on their profile. And I start scanning through their tweets and their pictures and everything. I'm like, that makes it even harder. This guy doesn't even know that I could just ruin him right now. I understand people think they're good at, you know, trash talking and things like that. And I respect that. And I think I have encountered some of the best in the history. If you want to get into a a mental joust with me, I am 100% okay with that and ready to go. You just better hope that you have your entire Twitter wiped clean of anything because I will do my research because you know a lot about me. You know a lot about me. I'm going to do my research on you and then let's go ahead and have at it. I'm very okay with that. But now I'm a new man. I showed restraint yesterday. I put the phone down for like 20 minutes actually. Uh, while I, I, I had an entire tweet up that I probably would have made a guy quit Twitter and I didn't. I deleted it. I put it in the drafts and I just went away. I'm impressed. I got Thank a question. You. I got a question for Thank you. you. You've, been I, the, you've been on the internet for a long time. Long time. And you're getting better. Like the people forget. The, the more I'm on long, the internet, hey, less restraint. Hey, that Twitter. Hey, I got a lot of real estate on that Twitter, pal. And there's a reason. It's not because I just fell to the top of the Twitter mountain, pal. It's because the words I can put together in pretty good fashion on there. And a lot of these people are just making it way too easy. Way, <laughs> way too. A lot of these Ohio State fans that are coming at me, way too easy they're making. And I just, I, I let them all live. Let him live. Let him live. Normally, it's kill him. And I didn't. Now that I'm older, I'm 32 years old. I got hemorrhoids. Wise. I let him live. Mm-hmm. Kind of feel soft. No. I did. I went to bed last night. I had to take more. I had to take double dose of CBDMD because I couldn't sleep with myself. Let's do some notable news with old Nick. Uh, Josh Allen's selfie has been hung up in an art gallery. A Bills fan posted the selfie that Allen took with him on Twitter, uh, and he said that the photo should be hung up in the Albright Knox gallery. So the gallery did just that, and they went ahead and hung it up with uh, the tweet caption. So what does this mean? So Josh Allen, I guess there was a bunch of fans waiting for the Buffalo Bills whenever they got home from the big victory down there in Hinesfield that we were at where they beat an undefeated quarterback in Duck Hodges. Mm -hmm. They made Duck Hodges not look like an undefeated quarterback for a night. I I mean, Duck Hodges has been named starter for the Steelers going forward, but the Buffalo Bills in a playoff atmosphere, in a playoff game, must-win game, get a massive win to prove that Sean McDermott has built that Buffalo Bills team all the way up. They are now six-and-a-half-point dogs against New England. I think everybody in this room is potentially hammering the Buffalo Bills. Uh But whenever they got home after that game, after Sunday Night Football, all of Buffalo, who wasn't at Heinz Field because they had a large presence there, all of Buffalo and Bills Mafia was waiting for them. Josh Allen takes a selfie through a fence. Now that picture is now going up in a museum in Buffalo. Bills Mafia deserves this run. Bills Mafia is excited about this run. And I'm happy, and I think Josh Allen's the perfect 
quarterback got to be the face of it. Is he the best quarterback in the league? No. But is he a gritty quarterback who absolutely loves the game and will do whatever it takes to get a win? Yes, and I think the people of Buffalo absolutely love that. Yeah, I mean, you got to be happy for organizations like this that will uh, hang things in museums just for making the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Tony. Come on. Tony. What's up? Tony. Tony. <laughs> I used to love the Buffalo Bills fans. I used what? to love them. A little bit louder now. I mean, celebrating a regular season win at the airport. It's not right. That was a playoff win. Was it? Yeah, it got him in the playoffs. It secured the playoff for the first time in a long time. Ten win season for the first time in a long time. That is a monumental victory on primetime television to propel them into a place that they haven't been for a long time. Bill's Mafia is excited about that. Bill's Mafia for far too long has been celebrating mediocrity, right? They've been the only thing that has been worth watching in Buffalo when it came to the Bills for a long time. Hey, what's the clips that got on the internet most? Buffalo Bills playing football or Bill's Mafia <laughs> performing in the parking lot? Bill's Mafia performing in the parking Lot. Now, this year, not only is Bill's Mafia putting on the parking lot, putting people through tables, showing up for about a quarter of the uh, about a quarter of the population in Heinz Field was Buffalo Bills fans. It was very loud there on Sunday Night Football. Now they actually have a team that's worth a damn, that's winning, and that represents that uh, that city. I'm happy for them. And it was more than just a regular season win. Yeah. I think you guys would be acting very differently if this wasn't against the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It, well, it's just yeah, I just knew, saw it because they were coming at me. But these organizations who have... <laughs> haven't won in 20, 30 years, and then they finally taste some sort of victory. They just don't know how to control themselves. Oh, Tony, you're on your high horse. Let's see if they can beat the Patriots. Can you blame them, though? Yeah. Can you blame them? As, why? <laughs> As a diehard fan base that has tasted success for the first time in a long time, I'd be acting a fool, too. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, Imagine what the dog pound's going to be like if they can ever turn that thing around. Well, we it. saw it. We no, saw yeah, it this summer. Did. They thought they won the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, Come on. maybe that's rubbing it off on me towards the Bills. <laughs> what happened with the Browns? Yeah. Uh, maybe I got Buckeye fans coming after me right now. So I mean, we're, they've been very good. So I, I can't even tell. <laughs> I can't even be like, yeah, you guys stink. They don't. They're probably going to win national championship. I've, I've been saying that this entire time. But I think I was the first national media member to say Ohio State should be number one. I don't even know oh, yeah. what we're doing yeah. here. I dressed up like Jim, Jim Tressel over there in Columbus. You've had their back. I've had their back this mm-hmm. entire time in a personal beef with a guy that they see as a deity has become a problem. I, I hate it. I love the Bills. I love them all year long. Just a weak heart couple fans that have ruined it so you can't listen we tend to judge others by their worst representatives mm-hmm. and judge ourselves by our best intentions and you just can't do that Diggs. i have a hard time Amen. not doing it the bills mafia is a fan base that deserves success i'm sure 99 percent of them are great <laughs> bills mafia actually hates me right now why because i filmed their uh, sideline <laughs> <laughs> That was in an article. What article was that? Uh, it was a couple. Of, yeah, some NFL ones. Anything else, Nick? Yeah, the Titans are on the verge of wrapping up the ugliest season of no, kicking no, no, that the NFL has oh. ever seen. No, don't say it. So far this season, the Titans are 8 for 18 on field goals. If they Jeez. don't improve over the final two weeks, they'll be the first team since the 1987 Vikings to miss more field goals than they've made. This is not great for the brand, obviously. This is not great for the brand of kicking. They Ryan Suckup got hurt, hurt his groin. They brought in another kicker. He missed. They bring Suckup back. He missed. Last week against the Texans in a playoff game, basically, a blocked field goal is the difference in not sending that thing to overtime. I mean, 8 of 18 is very difficult, especially whenever you're talking about professional ball kickers now. Suckup has been very good for a long time. Obviously, when you're injured and you're dealing with inches and milliseconds, a little bit of a... a um, an off-kilter situation can affect that, obviously. But, man... 
the Titans were on such a good run, too. They were on such a good run. And the fact that they were able to do it with a field goal mm-hmm. unit that has missed 10 kicks out of 18 kicks is absolute insanity. I saw PFT commenter kick into the net yesterday, and he's a former rugby player. He's trying out for the D.C. defenders in the XFL. I mean, they might as well just sign him. At least he'll sign, uh, sell some jerseys. <laughs> they, I mean, they stink down there. Maybe Suckup will be able to get back because it's been a couple weeks removed there from the groin injury that he had. But, boy, that ball he kicked that got blocked looked a little low and uh they're gonna need it I, I mean that's just not great for the brand pft had a great kick didn't have as much ankle lock as you would hope on his kicking foot it kind of bounce off a little bit but he had good form and i uh, eight of 18 is just not good yeah suck ups one for six cairo santos was four of nine and then cody barkey was actually three for three. Oh come on what double doink <laughs> you know yeah but that got blocked Maybe your offensive line should have blocked a little bit better and held on a little bit better. That never gets talked about. The only thing is blame on Cody Parkey because the commentators refuse to acknowledge the fact that it got blocked in real time. So bury the handsome kid that went to Auburn who's the kicker because it's an easy scapegoat. I will say the training videos of him hitting poles his whole life did not help. Yeah, no, that's a terrible trick. <laughs> that's not good, by the way. I would like everybody to know that back whenever I was a field goal kicker, I might not have known where it was going, but I ain't never trained on hitting the pole. No. Put that thing through the upright. I don't care how it sneaks through there. Get it in there. I don't know why you would. Anything else, Nick? Yeah, one more note here. Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry said there's no return date yet for rookie Zion Williamson. Uh, he can currently work out with partial weight bearing, but he's yet to get back on the floor and take contact. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I was wrong. I'm going to say I was wrong. This guy, in my eyes, was, was the next one. This guy, in my eyes, was a guy that could change the NBA. This is a guy, in my eyes, that I couldn't wait to see him play against other grown men because it seems like he's been a grown man for 10 years. I've been watching highlights of this guy on the internet, what seems for a decade now. And he goes to Duke. He does the same exact thing, blows a shoe out because he's so powerful, still gets a Nike deal, still becomes the number one draft pick, gets a chance to get in there. And what we said was, he looks a little big. And we didn't want to body shame anybody, but we through the history of the sport, it's been easy to tell that whenever guys get thinner, it's it's better for their career. LeBron James used to be a much bigger man. Then he got a lot smaller because the wear and tear on your body and how long the season is and how much running it is. Everybody seems to have bad knees in the NBA. I watched a Dennis Rodman documentary last night. His rookie season, he was like 26 years old or something like that. He was icing his knees his rookie season. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is, and he was a slender guy. So the weight we always thought could potentially be an issue, but he was so explosive I figured he'd be able to get around it and if he did lose some weight when he got in the NBA when he gets around nutritionists and physical trainers and all these things athletic trainers and really gets his life together and focuses strictly on not not there is anything wrong with that but if he just completely focuses on his body I thought there was a chance where he's gonna be able to jump directly into the hoop. I thought he was going to be able to jump up and put his whole body into the hoop. I was expecting that, and I was hope- happy for that. I like seeing greats be great. I like seeing people that break the mold. That's why I love Lamar Jackson. I, I was excited for Zion Williamson, and now they don't even have a return date for the guy in his rookie season. This is not a good start. And everybody who's an old head's like, ah, this guy's going to be a bust. This guy's going to be a bust. And I was like, no, no, no. This guy's going to be a game changer. This guy's going to be revolutionary. And right now it just looks like they were right and I was 100% wrong. I don't know what the hell is going on with him, but I hope they get him back on the court quick because I like seeing him. And I like him to be healthy. And I like to see the Pel- Pelicans fly. The Pelicans fly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think so. Oh, yeah. With Wide fish wings? in their gullets. Come on. I'd like to see the Pelicans fly down there, but instead, they have no return date and they've lost 13 straight. Yeah, it was supposed to be six to eight weeks. That six to eight weeks has passed. And uh, now the, that's just not. 
He's getting a, he's getting body shamed heavily. Was too. it an ACL tear? Oh. Was that what no? It was? it was not an ACL tear because that's not six to eight weeks. True. It was something in the knee. That's probably like meniscus. Like this. Anytime you have weight, right? Yeah. I mean, your knees take the brunt of it. It's like whenever I was fat in the NFL, my knees were worse. When I was thinner, my knees were better. It's just the way it goes. Weight directly affects your knees. That's just that's just I, from my personal experience. He should wear gel insoles. <laughs> He should. <laughs> Braun has those. You see him give away the shoes, but he pulled out his oh, insoles yeah. first. He was like, oh, you can have these shoes. Not these. <laughs> Not these insoles. I hope he gets it together. I hope they figure he, out what's wrong with him. I hope they get him in good shape. And I hope he continues to be dominant in the NBA as he was in college. Because when he came out of high school, they're like, oh, he won't be able to do this in college. He's playing against a bunch of little white kids in high school. He's not going to be able to do that in college. And then he did it in college. <laughs> and everybody's like, well, he's not going to be able to do it in the NBA. And now I guess they're proving it right. But I hope he comes out. I mean, it was just summer league. But he did look great in summer league mm-hmm. before he got hurt. Yeah, he's a player. That's what he is. He's a good basketball player. I just wish he could get back to, you know playing basketball congress is expected to prohibit the sale of tobacco products to people under the age of 21 in part of a new health care reform sweep ah that's interesting to me i i think everybody's worried about high schoolers being in the e-cigs right that's the whole thing mm-hmm. they're normally under the age of 18 in high school right correct so is the move to 21 going to make that big of a difference i'm not 100 percent sure good for them didn't it used to be like 15 or something todd todd didn't like tobacco used to be like 15 back in the day uh 16 or something? all i know is i used to be sent to the little Mini Mart in our town when I was like seven and could buy cigarettes for my dad. So whether or not it was the law or not, it certainly wasn't enforced. Okay. Well, anything else, Nick? Uh, MLS is expected to put a team in Charlotte with an expansion fee of $325 million awarded to a group backed by David Tepper, the Charlotte Panthers huh. owner. Carolina Panthers $325 million owner, to get an MLS team? Huh. There's no way you're getting that money back, right? No way. No way. Uh, sport of the future. Lacrosse? Dippin' Dots? Uh, the Char- MLS? Charlotte Soccer. They're also asking for $110 million in taxpayer money for the stadium. Oh. <laughs> I can't wait. $325 million. Get a Dairy Queen instead. I think it's only like fifty grand or something like that. I, aside from uh, Ibrahimovic mm-hmm. and aside from Wayne Rooney, mm-hmm. when do you watch soccer? Perlo. Huh? Andre, it? It's Perlo. But in, 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 oh, in the exactly. United States, never. I think Ibrahimovic was awesome to watch. Yeah, he the left too. Yeah, and he He's left. Going back. Yeah, and I think he even trashed the league while yeah, he, he was leaving. He made a couple hundred million. <laughs> trashed the, the league while he was again, gone. Three hundred and twenty-five million dollars for a team. They, they must not want more teams. That must be. <laughs> that must be. I think they're just squeezing Tepper because they know he's loaded. Well, that does it for today. Can't thank you enough for listening. Tweet me if you enjoyed it at Pat McAfee Show. Uh, tweet at Ty Schmidt because he was sick yesterday on his birthday. Wish him a happy birthday. It was coming out of the basement in the attic, he says. And also, big thanks. Oh, big yawn there. About to pass out. But I'm going to wake up feeling damn good because I know something's going to be at the house. From Bespoke Post. This winter, start a new monthly routine that will upgrade your life in style with a box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. So whether you're looking to craft your own hard cider or toast perfectly aged fall cocktails, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming, goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every Every part of your life. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. When?
anytime. 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 Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Quick math, Sam. If it only costs 45 bucks and it has over $70 worth of gear inside, how much money are you already saving? 30. Close. Say it again. <laughs> if the box only costs 45 bucks, but inside of that box, there is $70 worth of awesome shit. 25 There we go. Ding, ding, ding. You're already saving 25 bucks, And also, you can get extra 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code HEARTLAND at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code HEARTLAND, for 20% off your first box. Good math by my lady. Good show if I do say so myself. I can't thank you enough for listening to us. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, know that we appreciate the fuck out of you. Uh, I'm going to be giving away $50,000 on Christmas Eve and what? Christmas. Follow along at Twitter at Pat McAfee Show to find out how you could be a part of that magical operation. Ty Schmidt, play some independent music.